0: Mark the radio dial setting at
1: MotorCityGaming.com.
0: Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the carnal rat frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this.
2: The last line of defense in major gaming news. Gamezilla
0: Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly.
1: This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force.
0: This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight, as did your forefathers. Now let's check the plan together, step by step.
2: GameZilla Alpha.
0: Welcome to GameZilla Alpha, where if you can see the pink elephant, you're in the right place.
1: I don't think I'm in the right place then, because there's definitely no pink elephant. There is a pink elephant. And if elephant you're seeing the a pink room. elephant, we should probably get you to in the emergency
2: room. Wait a second. So two of us can see the pink elephant, and one of us can't. My god, the
1: pink elephant's talking. <laughs> 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 welcome to episode 31 of Gamezilla Alpha, with a very special guest. For the first time ever, let's welcome Deadite. The Pink Elephant. The Pink Elephant to the Alpha Show.
2: I I think it's one thing when you guys make fun of other people about their skin color, but calling me a Pink Elephant, that's hurtful. We all have a very pinkish skin tone because I'm a ginger,
0: and that that's, that's discrimination.
1: Well, if you want to make fun of Pink Elephants, there's only one way to do it.
0: You <laughs> go to patreon.com <laughs> slash GameZilla podcast and start your patronage today, and with doing so, you are allowed to make fun of any elephants that are pink. Name Deadite. Name Deadite. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you if Special you pay pert. me, you can say whatever you want. So <laughs> you,
1: throw yeah. that money at
2: Patreon and you can you can say the worst things imaginable.
1: <laughs> preferably
2: on the Patreon VIP room where other people can't see it. There you go. Just the patrons.
1: Alright. Well, we do have a Interesting topic today, Gamezilla Alpha. Your opinion-based one-topic show this week. I think Jazzy put it the best. What are we calling this? Uh, microvision. Microvision is definitely what's going on here. And so, without further ado, the uh, the story that that popped up just recently is a patent that got released. Um, was was sorry. Was just issued by the government to Activision and basically goes on to talk about microtransactions, a new form of microtransactions, a better form of microtransactions, some might say. The evolution (laughs) of microtransactions. So back in 2015, Activision filed for this patent and... The R&D team, okay. Well, get,
0: so Activision does not want to be held accountable for anything that they've done, which is everything.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So it has now officially been granted to Activision, and it outlines a new matchmaking system that would pair players together in order to encourage microtransactions. <laughs> I uh, read this article when it first hit, and I honestly thought it was, like, fake.
2: So wait a second, you guys are just, activists are just doing what you guys have been doing for a long time. You make people play with me, and then they're like, Ethan is so terrible, I need to buy all sorts of gear and level up far faster to get away from him.
1: I mean, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. One way to look at it. Um, so... We're going to get into this, but I wanted to explain it a little bit more so that you have an understanding before we lose our cool and go off the, off the rail with this, because it's, it it's bad. It's, it's pathetic. Systems, such as loot boxes, already use various tricks to encourage players to drop cash. Uh, so it's not surprising that game publishers would want to find more underhanded ways to get those wallets open. So this was first reported by Rolling Stone that the patent filed in 2015 and it was granted of October 17th this year in 2017 uh, outlines a process in which computer algorithms can match players together in order to increase the likelihood of microtransaction purchases.
0: Yeah, they laid this algorithm out and on the webpage for this episode, I will put the picture and you can see the crazy <laughs> algorithm that they have put together in order to make this all happen.
1: Yeah, they basically have like a, a business plan. You know, the patent itself, you can it's public, so you can see what their their thinking process is, how it's gonna work. Um, so an example, let's give you an example of how this is gonna work. If a player purchased a particular weapon, the microtransaction engine may match that player in a gameplay session in which the particular weapon is highly effective. The text of the patent reads that this may encourage the player to make future purchases to achieve similar gameplay results. So we're going to fabricate. You bought a gun. We're going to find a match that, where you have an advantage because of that gun, and we're going to drop you in it and fabricate this feeling that the gun is actually really good you know, because you instantly had success with it so that you'll buy another one. Right. So something
0: as simple as it's a ranged weapon. We're going to put you on a ranged map. You know, and then obviously close combat weapon, close combat map. It's yep. Something as simple as that to actual power levels of the weapon and, you know, <laughs> to even matching you with similar uh, other players that you would have an advantage against or even NPCs.
1: And not even similar players. Like, this is not match. Ma- like, this is where it gets even worse. So... The matchmaking system would analyze player trends such as latency and weapon preference in order to place them in scenarios that might lead them to buy certain items. For example, microtransaction engine 128 may identify a junior player to match with a marquee player based on a player's profile of the junior player. In a particular example, the junior player may wish to become an expert sniper in a game. Microtransaction Engine 128 may match that junior player with a player that is highly skilled sniper in the game. In this manner, the junior player may be encouraged to make game-related purchases such as a rifle or other items used by the highly skilled player. So, in layman's
0: terms, Jazzy Fiddle goes into a match, gets completely... screwed over by somebody that's sniping him in the head 400 times and then I go man I need to learn how to use a sniper rifle I'm going to go buy one
1: yeah what gun is he using happens to be a gun that's purchasable I'm going to go get it I'm going to go get because it because right. because he's owning me with it so right there and it doesn't get any better it gets worse, such as generating NPCs to fill certain roles on a team or dropping players in maps that favor their play style. selected variables such as preference for difficult opponents might also be used in such a matchmaking system. So, this is, uh, this is all reported. This is all coming from the actual patent that has been given to Activision. And, mind you... Now that this is all out in the open, now that people are talking about it, Activision Publishing spokesperson has responded and, with the following statement. This was an exploratory patent filed in 2015 by an R&D team working independently from our game studios and has not been implemented in-game. OK, so if we, of course, yeah. independently from our studios, of course. so let's take let's just take his word for it and say that that since 2015, none of that concept has been implemented into any Activision game. That's fine. You still thought about it. You still filed a patent for it and you still tested it and you still had the you still had them issue you the patent. So, like, I don't care that you didn't, like, you know, hey, let's make booze for kids by kids. Um, It's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Let's not do that. Well, you still thought of the idea and you still made a prototype and you still tested it with children. Just behind doors. Like, like, (laughs) you're still bad. It still looks bad on your part. You're still shitty looking. All right, so. microtransactions has been a focus point here in the last couple months big time. We've talked about it here on GameZilla Alpha. It's been in the news all over the place because of some of these betas like Battlefront 2, because of Eververse and Destiny, because, you know, a lot of Shadows of, the, of War. Sha- yeah, yep, Shadows of War. All of these games are having major issues where people are paying 60, 70, 80 dollars for this game, you know, when it comes out and then getting nickel and dimed throughout with pay-to-win functionalities and and just you know uh, game sorry game amounts of game that are on the disc that are locked behind a wall it's literally you bought this disc and the content there we go game content that is locked behind a wall so
0: let's get into could you imagine if they did this in something like movies like, hey, here's this movie. It's a two hour long movie, and you can watch the first forty five minutes.
1: No, you want to know what and, it'll and be? If you want <laughs> to know what it'll be? One hundred percent in the Marvel world and all the with all the extra scenes. The extra scenes would be microtransactions. Oh yeah, the mo- you get to watch the whole movie, but if you want the microtransaction that's at ap- after the credits, you know, just pull your phone out, open up the AMC app, and give me your credit card, you know, for two bucks, and you- and you'll be able to stay. Otherwise the <laughs> Otherwise, the usher will uh, ask you to leave. I don't, I don't know. But. It's like... Oh, to take
2: it a step further. It's like you're on a date taking your girl to see the new Marvel movie. You've already ponied up the cash to see the extra end credit scenes, but AMC strategically places you with people that are on a more enjoyable date <laughs> eating the expensive co- popcorn and drinks yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, get, to get your date to be like, we need to get these drinks. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Those people are enjoying the popcorn. I guess I need popcorn too. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's exactly, Man. that's very well put. She's got popcorn and snow caps. It's very, what the hell? It's very well put. At the same time, how ridiculous does it sound? And yet here we are in the gaming industry testing it. Yeah.
2: It'd work on me. It, I'm like all oh, those people are having a good time. I guess I want my wife to have a good time. I guess I go buy her some popcorn. It'd, I'd I'd be suckered in.
1: Don't don't give AMC and, and and all them ideas. We don't we don't want the movie experience to get worse. <laughs> Micro trend <Micro-tran-ac-transaction laughs> I mean we all know I'm pretty experience. cheap. I
2: buy popcorn maybe once or twice a year. So
1: he, yeah, it's he, not
2: going to change that
1: much. He has a trash bag full of just popcorn that he just saves throughout the year that he doesn't eat.
2: Well, the best part is where do I get the popcorn? They throw it out at the end of the <laughs> night. So I <laughs> that's take what he that does. He doesn't. <laughs> he,
0: a, he buys popcorn twice a year because the rest of the time he goes to a fucking carnival and waits till like they toss that bag, a garbage bag full out in the trash and then he just steals it. I don't blame him. Just just moments ago for my dinner, I ate food that I literally
2: scavenged from different parts. Of work, they're like, "Yeah, you want this food?" I'm like, "Yeah!" And I, just, I came in with two bowls full of food. Like I got dinner. I scavenged up from three different locations.
1: Well, we don't get to scavenge when it comes to Activision. We get no. to uh, we get to empty our piggy banks of every cent just so that we can play a game. So let's get into this. What uh, Jazzy? What are your thoughts on this? This. I don't care if it's in production or not. The fact that Activision owns a patent that is this, that that is this outlined, what we just spoke about, is, it's, it's disturbing. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely asinine. Like, there should be, first of all, I don't even know how they got away with this. Like, how'd they even get the patent for this? Because you're basically, it's borderline robbery, like, of people. Like, you're... I think I don't want to call it. I you're swaying call somebody mentally to think the way you want them to think, so that you can take their money. It's fraud. Yeah. it's definitely manipulative. It's
1: manipulative, and it's on it's on the the verge of being a lie in the sense that they're going to match make you in a way where you're you perform better because you paid for something when not when you're not necessarily better. So it's falsifying the fact that you aren't actually any better at this game and. Eventually, you're going to realize that when you do get match made into games where you don't have an advantage, but and then it, you either a get frustrated and you go buy another gun because you're like, oh, the meta changed or something like that, right? But realistically, it's just Activision, just you know the developers teamed up with Activision. They're you know using this theoretical engine to manipulate you as a player. You now no longer can sit there and have faith, if this, if this was real, this is all theoretical, right? Because it's not being used. Allegedly. Allegedly. But you don't have any you can't have any trust or faith in the fact that the matchmaking system is fair. And the fact that the matchmaking system should be in a game you know, and, you know excluding Destiny 2, which doesn't have a matchmaking system because it's broken as hell. Most matchmaking systems are supposed to try to match you with comparable players to you. Right, you're supposed to try to have. Oh, you're a level fifteen. We're going to try to get you to fight other level 15s, You know, we're going like things like that. Oh, you're on the North American server. We're going to try to team you up with people looking in the North America server first. Like th- that's what it does. Now you're telling me is like, oh, you bought the submachine gun. All right, cool. We're going to put you in this this game where no one has a submachine gun, so that your fire rate is higher than anybody else, so that you feel stronger. Right. That's not matchmaking. Not to that's mention fabrication. Yeah. Not to mention
0: on the flip side. They're taking everybody that they matched you with and putting you in a room with you so that they could see that you're God mode forcing all of those other people you just wrecked to yeah. go buy the submachine gun.
1: That too. That's it's it's disgusting. I can't like I'm not I don't talk highly of EA, you know, and and I usually try to and I usually hold Activision in a in a better light than than EA, but this this is bad. This is worse. Then, like, I'm not saying, oh no, I like EA, but Activision's no, but they're they're one of the worst groups now. Period. As far as as far as what they're trying to do as a business, because this is a business move. This how do we make money? And it all comes down to this, where we just had we just had developers from Bungie come out and from um, whatever the developer for Shadow of War was, I, I can't remember what developer it was, but we had some of them come out and say. People need to get over microtransactions because um, game developers have families to feed. And I'm like, no, that is a bullshit response. If your, if your business plan is to sell me a $60 game and that the, re- the way you're going to pay your people is because you need microtransaction... That is horseshit because the gaming industry has been around for years without online play, without patchwork, without DLC, without microtransactions, without all this. And you know what? Yeah, if you're making a AAA game and it's taking, you know, 10 times the man hours that any video game in the history has ever taken. That's your gamble. That is your gamble that you want to put on this game because you want to make an open world game that's bigger than anything that's ever been made that's going to be the biggest thing ever. Great, do it. But don't expect because you spent all that effort and you gambled all that money that the the gamer himself is going to be the one that just you nickel and dime and save your company because... Because that's your business model. Like it might be working right now, but this this is not a sustainable business model. And if the co- if the industry keeps moving this way, we're gonna see problems with the industry, and we're gonna watch a lot of companies crash and burn. Because guess what? Where did microtransactions? Where were they born?
2: Mobile phone. Mobile phone
1: games. Can you? I can name multiple giant companies that don't exist anymore. Because they fumbled the ball so hard on a game that was purely reliant on microtransactions. And because of it, and they built this giant empire, right? They built this giant skyscraper, and they rented out all these offices, and they hired all these employees, and and then the bubble popped. And guess what? You're gone. And that's what these companies are setting themselves up for. You can't bring Battlefront 2 out and, 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 and hold, hold all these big names and everything and sit there and say, all right, pay to win, and not expect your game to die in three months. Because it will. Just like th- It'll die just as fast as the first one. I don't care that it has a campaign. I don't care that, the, that you got more characters. If you really broke your multiplayer and you didn't fix it, now mind you, allegedly, They've made some changes since the beta. But if you don't, your game's dead, okay? Street Fighter vs. Tekken was DOA. It never stood a chance because every single individual item was a microtransaction. And I really wanted to play that game. That's a game that
2: I remember talking to you about, and I was like, oh, man, I really want to play Street Fighter versus Tekken. Like, that just seems like it's in my wheelhouse because I'm a big Tekken fan. used to be a big Street Fighter fan. And you were like, yeah, dude, don't. It's just full of microtransactions. Yeah. And my heart broke. And I've seen that game ass cheap oh, yeah. on like resale shelves. And I'm like, I'm not gonna buy it because yeah. I'm not I'm not
1: gonna deal with it. Because it's that. a shell of a game unless, you know, unless you put more money into it, which you already put money into it to get it. You know, and that's the difference with a mobile game or whatever, is that if you're gonna make it free to play and then and then ask people to pay money to speed things up, at least it was free to play. And if people are really enjoying their time, then they give you a little bit of money. It's why League of Legends works, Mm -hmm. you know. I've I've given Riot plenty of my money, but it is still a concern that that business model, as games grow bigger and bigger, as man out more man hours are needed, as all this stuff happens, all we've seen to to you know battle that is simply we need uh we need more microtransactions, we need more DLC, we need more season passes, we need more, we need more we need to figure out how this 60 how we can milk this $60 game into being a $300 game by the time someone's done with it. And, and to me, you know I just I have a hard time ex- believing that that is a sustainable business model in the next 10 years. The next 10 years if that's the business model and it continues to get worse we're going to see some collapse in the industry. And and things like this coming out by Activision, one of the big guys, one of the big, you know, I mean Activision has Blizzard, they have they have Destiny. They got, you know, they have Bungie. Like th- these guys aren't you expect more out of them. You don't expect them to try to manipulate gamers so that they could pad their pockets. You just I just don't expect that out of them, and it's such a disappointment. And even though they came out and tried to like clean their name of it, you still filed the patent. It's still at one point somebody in a in an office and a, in a conference room said, "I have an idea," and and somebody said, "Yeah, it's good enough to go file a patent for it." You actually wanted to own this right so that no one else could try to do it. Yeah. Plus the fact that. You're like, oh well, we aren't
0: using this. It doesn't matter. You have the patent now, so what you're going to do is you're going to sit on it for however many months till all this dies down. Then you're going to just secretly
1: throw it into your games. I wouldn't be surprised if you if if a game comes along where you where it's clearly a test. It's clearly like a we don't think this game's going to perform well, so this will be a good point to try this system. Right, knowing that maybe we think this game is going to be a flop, you're not going to see it in a Battlefront. You're not going to see it in in one of their big games because they can't afford to have the backlash. And guess what? You could try to roll it out, but if but look look how fast Battlefront Two when the beta launched, it got it didn't take a few hours for the community to just be an uproar about the pay to win functionality. So. They, there's I don't believe there's a way for them to work this into a game, but again, the fact that this is what the mindset is of the businesses scares the hell out of me because that's not game development, and that is not healthy, healthy business. And we're sitting here looking at people, looking at companies that are manipulating the players you know, stealing it's practically stealing because I bought this gun because I think it gives me an advantage when really it doesn't. You're just putting me in a in a fake environment that's giving me the advantage. I could do that with custom match. I could sit there and say snipers and pistols only, and then somehow you know, and basically build build the room out where there's one sniper rifle and I know where it's at, so I go get it and give myself an advantage. Like that that's a drastic example, but that's like like. Let's be honest. When you used to make custom matches in the original Halo games, you know you would memorize the map and know where that energy sword, the you know, plasma sword, was, or where the battle rifle was, and you'd run to it because a game, you know, you would you would have an advantage as long as you had that. Well, this is what they're doing for matchmaking. Mm-hmm. You don't even have the option. It's just, well, that guy paid money, so he so he has an advantage. Now, do you think the publishers?
0: and or if they end up getting the developers involved, are doing this because their game won't hold up strictly on sales itself. So there's, like, a big difference between, say, uh, Battlefront with um, EA and then um, Shadow of War, which I found out is uh, developed by Monolith and produced by Warner Brothers. Um they just won't be able to hold up in sales to games like, let's say, Gorilla's Horizon Zero Dawn and Nintendo's hol- Zelda It can't be, Okay, so
1: bottom line, it's not about holding up to sales against Breath of the Wild. If you're sitting there trying to make a Shadow of War game and wanting it to perform in the level of Zelda, you're stupid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, I, you, yes, you have competition. Sony has to pay attention to what mi- Microsoft is doing, right? Like, I get that. Nintendo has to pay attention to what Sony's doing. I get that. But when you make a game, Horizon Zero Dawn wasn't worried about beating anybody. They were worried about being the best game that that developer ever made, and they knew by doing that, that PlayStation would make money, Sony would make money, Guerrilla would make money, everybody would make money. Now, if your company is reactive and you're trying to react to them, be like, "I want to make something like Horizon Zero Dawn." Well, that's your own fault at that point. You need to worry about yourself. Look at 2016 and see what yourself did, and try to beat 2016 and 2017 and improve yourself. Competition over here is good. If they're making games that are popular, then hopefully you have something in the, you know, in the. Concept realm that's like, oh wow, we've been working on Anthem for a long time. Look at how, look at what Destiny did with all those problems. We're going to push Anthem. It's going to be a Destiny killer. They didn't make Anthem because they were like, well, we need to make something better than Destiny. They made Anthem because they wanted to make Anthem. And then they're going to come out and they're going to believe that they're better than Destiny. And that's fine at that point. That's healthy competition. But if you're out there being like, I'm doing, I'm cutting corners and being shady and shit just because you're worried about the guy next to you, then you deserve to go out of business. You deserve to crumble. And I think this is the problem. Why this is happening is because these companies have gotten too big and they cost too much money to operate. And so they have to milk every cent out of these games because they can't pump out games. You can't pump out. A Horizon Zero and Horizon Zero Dawn is a horrible example because they have they didn't do anything bad in that game, right? That game is great, mm-hmm. and the DLC is is yeah. upon us. It's going to be great. But I think the th- th- like if we look at um, Battlefront Two, think of the cost it, it took to build that to make Battlefront Two. Think of the licensing fees. Think of the marketing budget. Think of all these the, the scale that that game is. Compared to say, I don't know, Battlefront on the PS2. It, it it's they've inflated. They're on this. They're in this market that I feel is inflated and on a bubble. And they're and they're scared to death that that they because they're only going to have that one Star Wars game because they only have Overwatch because they only have this game, and they don't know the next time Blizzard's going to make a game, and they don't know when the, you know, so-and-so's game's going to be finished and out, even though they're trying to push them harder than ever to get it done, that they have to then turn around and say, all right, this game, which we sell for $60 a game, and we've sold millions of copies, we still need to make residual money on this by you know selling weapon packs, costume packs, uh, mod packs, season passes for bullshit, extra arenas, extra characters, whatever it is. And so a lot of times the developer comes with this core idea and then the publisher goes, all right, um, well, this fighter, this map, this weapon just became DLC. They literally rip it out of the game because it was already in the game. And they rip it out of the game to make a season pack. To make a, 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 We're seeing it in fighting games. Every fighting game has it now. A season pass where X amount of characters are going to be released, X amount of new maps are going to be released, and X amount of costumes are going to be released. Those are all designed. like 90% of that stuff out of all these fighting games were designed in the beginning and ripped apart so that they could build this three-year arc instead of a release it here and let's hope it has a good lifespan of a year or something. They're trying to get this, this... this longer lifespan out of a game by milking us and that's not the way to do it and i I don't necessarily have an answer on how you're gonna the the proper business model because if i did then you know i'd probably be pushing that and hopefully seeing a lot of success from it but this isn't it this is greed this is upsetting players and this is and you're losing fans is what you're doing i mean look at destiny right now
0: that was my favorite part of this article is at the very end of it, they have a tweet from DJ at Bungie that says, none of this functionality appears in Destiny. <laughs> well, no shit, DJ, because this patent has a designed algorithm <laughs> that makes matchmaking ungodly and and literally pushes it to its boundaries to literally sway it to be fair, unfair, advantage, unadvantage, whichever way they want to do it, your matchmaking doesn't do anything. So we know this isn't in Destiny (laughs) because you don't have (laughs) matchmaking. I'm
2: not so sure. I'm not sure I've won more than two or three games in Destiny, and I'm a trash player, so they're clearly not putting me with other trash players. I think they're (laughs) putting me against actual talented players.
1: (laughs) Making them feel better.
2: Because in Destiny 1, you could throw me in a room with scrubs. I'd I'd be top of the game. I would be running it as soon as I'd queue up with you guys. I'd be like, guys, I got three kills that whole match. <laughs> Pretty good, right? I'd go literally from like twenty three kill games to three kill games in that matchmaking. Well, at the Cause same that was time, was actually though. matchmaking. It was because I queued up with players that were more skilled,
0: so I was thrown into it. And now yeah. it's just it's a yeah, crap, now, It's a crapshoot. At the same time, there there's got to be some sort of like promo or preliminary matches they got to put you into it to generate what your skill level is. And maybe they're just having a really hard time reading, like, if you even have a skill level.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If I have a pulse. They're like, uh, like, this might might be a chihuahua just pushing (laughs) the (laughs) joysticks around. (laughs) Like, we don't even know.
1: Yeah, man. I... I I don't know. I um, I'm really disappointed in this. This is a huge letdown for me. This is a, a this is a huge step in the wrong direction for for game development for for anything. And, and it's a publisher that's getting this patent. So I don't like that feeling either. That Activision holds this and then like, cramp potentially the concept here would be like, hey, we like your game. Use this. You know, Activision's not not doing anything. This is they they own this patent, and they're going, "Hey, we have this algorithm. We want you to add it to your game because you're our developer." And these developers are under contract. These developers are under a lot of strict rules. So some of them are afraid to say no. Some of them can't say no. You know, like you're, not all of them are Bungie, and even Bungie, I think, is in a is in a, a bad spot right now when it comes to contracts with their publisher. But I, I hate seeing the publishing side of, of this industry hurt the game industry by pushing things upon the development side that no one's asking for. And that's and that's the bottom line is that w- when some of these contracts finally end, and, and we'll see this shift in the next five years. I don't know, five to seven years. We'll start seeing Bungie be free and maybe make a move again. Maybe they won't re-sign with Activision. And if they don't re-sign with Activision, what are we going to find out finally? What are they going to say now that they're free from it and say, "Oh my God, no. we are so sorry about Destiny. Our vision was this, and we it's could, not and, fair. And we to the could creators. never and we yeah. could never meet it because of because of our handcuffs."
0: You the, know, the creators and developers. It's not fair to them at all because yeah. they're just trying to. To give you this art form and this, what they've spent so many hours into days, months, yeah. years into creating this for you, and they want you to see it all, and they're just you're the publishers are tired. That that'd be like Grim and I recording this show and getting super heated and all, oh, you know, fuck Activision and I can't believe they're doing this bullshit. And then we we pass this file off to the Deadite Night for him to edit for us after the show, and he literally cuts it in half and, and has like his own little thing. It's like, man, they get superheated in the second half of the show. For four ninety nine, you could have it. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm not know, kidding. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I listened to a podcast the other day that they did that. What? That is, it, it was, no. It was a po- I'm not going to name the podcast. It was a podcast on podcast one. And they kept saying, well, if you want this uncensored, you want the full conversation, uh, you need to, uh, become. it was either become a patron or subscribe to our private feed. Wow. And it was like, first off, it was literally the worst quote unquote professional podcast I've ever listened to. It was absolute garbage. And I know it wasn't recorded in a basement. It's on podcast one. Right. And then they were throwing up that.
1: We're not, not recording in a basement either. We're in Motor City Gaming Studios. I know. Top notch. This
2: is high-class stuff. We're in the, we're big leagues, all right? Yeah, we're drinking ice cube beers. Hey, I'm classy. I drink my beer on the rocks. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. So, because <laughs> I found it in your hallway on the ground. Yeah. No, the
1: studio hallway.
2: So, but but back, back on my point. There's, there's podcasts that do that, and I listened, and on top of it being trash, I was like, I'm never going to listen to this again because I don't feel like I should be forced into a paywall for my podcast. That's one reason that... This show, Games of Alpha, is not a Patreon exclusive. It's not the right. only way you can listen to it. You can get early access, which is great.
1: Yeah, we always made the rules that we never wanted to put walls up for any of our content. We never wanted to block people from our content. We just, you know, we, but we did want to give people perks. So the idea is, hey, we record this days before release. So if people want to listen to it early, they can, you know. And so I thought we thought that was the, the fair balance. And I think that in the gaming industry, we don't know what the fair balance is. Or they, they just they just don't. They're trying these things that when you just when you read it, when you legitimately just read it, you throw up in your mouth. So like, <laughs> I just can't imagine the executive that like looked at this idea and was like, "Yeah, let's file a patent." Like, wh- what? Okay, the reason is it's an executive
2: that is not a video game player. Uh, it's they gotta ha- be okay. If if you've ever experienced corporate people they, they don't know what's going on on the, on the base end of their product you can only imagine that the guy who's a ceo for a major video game company we don't not everyone is phil spencer you know a lot of these people are business people that are brought in to run the business and you put in front of them someone who had this terrible idea hey here's how we're going to become more profitable that person's job is to run the business they don't care about they don't care about the gamer they don't because they're not a gamer so why wouldn't they be like, great, this is a way we can continue to make this company more profitable, let's do it. It is greedy, and I think it's also a lack of care for the players.
1: Yeah, it's a lack of care, but I think for me, if, if you have those people in place in your business, you need to remove them and find people that are at least sensitive and somewhat transparent to the gamer because my whole point here is that you can sit there as an the executive and think, great, this is a way for my company to make more money, but it's going to b- blow up in your face when your gaming community hates you for it, and then you're going to be like, and I don't even remember his name, okay? That's how much I don't care about this guy. But the guy before Phil Spencer that almost sunk Microsoft. <laughs> he was bad. I mean, think about some of those decisions that were made at that E3 when, when this generation's consoles were, were announced. Think about it. It was a nightmare. And when it, and they had a backpedal, they had a change and all honesty Xbox is doing okay right now but the reason why Xbox is two to one is losing two to one against Sony almost three to one against Sony is because of that start it's because of that one decision those or those few decisions they made that everyone was like no yeah never mind I'm gonna go pre-order a PlayStation and that's what this that's what something like this this engine 128 if they actually had managed to implement this before people caught the patent? I mean, Activision could have been... And Think about it. Like, let's, let's just say that they did force Bungie or talk Bungie into using this new mechanic, this new algorithm. We already are bitching about Destiny. Imagine if it was set up like that. Like, the game could be dead already. It could literally be dead already. And then your Activision, your biggest cash cow... One of your biggest cash cows, just tanked. I the loss of revenue of that would be—I don't know how you would bounce back from that. You're not getting Overwatch Two. You're not. Get, there's no. There's no game coming out quick enough that if Bungie tanked, and people were demanding refunds, and people were just and, and lawsuits were being opened, and you were just melting, you'd be selling. You'd be selling assets. You'd be. You'd be that executive would be gone. And so I just think here it's that you, you have to, you know, if any of these companies listen to this podcast, if anybody within these companies listen to this podcast, you have to be transparent to the gamer and you have to be, it's gotta be fair. It's gotta be a fair and honest business plan. Like I know there's greed out there and I know there's businesses that are complete pyramid schemes and bullshit. Okay. But Unfortunately, I don't like. I don't want to see this industry even try that because a it won't work, and b it's not good. It's not going to be good. Nothing can good can come from
0: it. Just, I had a mind blowing moment right there. You guys are so on with this because when the, the CEO or whoever the high up is of a company fucks up and then realizes it, what do they do? They blame somebody else. This this was the research and development team <laughs> that was independently working with us back in 2015. And then when you made mention of this, the same fucking thing happened on Microsoft. They blamed the research and development team back then na name, name, nameless faceless device yeah, with R&D They did the same
1: thing. Yeah, but the problem with the Xbox is that it actually happened. Like they were actually trying to release the game. They were like this, they went onto the stage at E3 and said, "You can't share games. Uh we're $100 more and um, you know, um games games have like um what was it? Like a like a cap licensing to them where you could only play the disc in so many systems before it stopped playing. And it was like Sony had a heyday. They walked up onto the stage and was like, here's how you share a game on PlayStation. And they just took a cart they just took a box and handed it to one another. They were making fun of they were literally rubbing it in Microsoft's face an hour later. It's like it's like they just like pushed someone from Xbox down and took a big crap right on their it face. Was, yeah, it was like <laughs> it's like, this is our stage now. It was my favorite E3 in so long because I was like it was brutal. I it felt real bad for Microsoft because I was an ex I was a 360 fan, but I was literally watching them die. I was literally watching them die. It didn't matter if it was R&D. It didn't matter if it was head of, head of Xbox. Whoever eventually got to the point where like, yep, we're going to say that on stage at E3, and people are going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And everyone was like, you're fucking crazy. And before the system came out, they changed it all. Yep. And they still lost. They lost this generation because of the first move mistake. They made a few wrong moves in the very beginning, corrected them, and this generation is done. Like, they will not catch up. They're, they're going to be okay, but you can see how one, two, just not even two, one horrible mistake can ruin you. And if you look at the state of
2: both uh, platforms now, Xbox is doing far greater things for its fans with backwards compatibility, uh, things of that nature, than Sony does because they're playing catch-up. They have to. Yeah, they have to, but it's great that they are.
1: It's they're great, doing the right yeah, thing now. It's great that they are. Phil Spencer's in place, and he's doing he's doing the right moves. The Xbox One X looks to be a, a a beast for the people that want that, and the Xbox one s is a great redesign from the hideous original box that made it that made its debut. So like everything's good for them, but they'll never they're not going to close that ground and now you have Nintendo back in the race that You know, they went and made a horrible mistake with the Wii U, lived with it for two years, three, almost three, and then, you know, came forward with the Switch, and we all sat here wondering, we didn't know, like, we had hope. We want, I like Nintendo, I wanted them to be successful, but we were at that point where we knew they made that mistake, they made the call, and and, and made the system, and branded it a way that they thought people would, you know, how people wanted it without, I, I honestly believe, without asking anyone if that's how they wanted it. And... They had to bounce back and came back with a system that truly people like to use. And yeah. so if, it, when you take that concept, these are hardware manufacturers, that they're making a product that they really they – they look at us. They look at Grimlock. They look at Jazzy. They look at Deadite and everyone else, and they go, do you like that DualShock 4 controller? Yes. Great. And they, and they make a good controller and they have generations of a controller that you can go back on and say, I like the PS2 controller. I like the PS3 controller. And guess what? I like the PS4 controller. Right? And so you can look at these, company, these healthy companies that are making physical items and you can see that trend and you can see where someone makes a mistake. It's called the PS3 launch. It's it's called the virtual boy. It's called like, right? You can see these moments. Shit, even recently, PlayStation VR. Yeah. So when you go back so when you move that concept over to the software side of things and you start and we and we talk about microtransactions again, and you wonder what's good and what's bad, microtransactions falls into the bad category. I'm sorry. There's nothing good about microtransactions other than the fact like I think League does a good job with it. You can earn a lot of things in that game for free if you put the time in.
2: I think the biggest thing about that also is you get the game for free. Right. So let's just say theoretically, I get into League of Legends, I find one or two characters I like. Jazzy, what does what a normal character normally cost? 20 bucks?
0: Not even. Uh, Not even. If you like, and it depends on how new the character is. So the older character in the games are extremely cheap, Mm -hmm. and then the newest ones will probably run you. If you're buying the character, just the character itself, it's eight eight to ten bucks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I could, if if I wanted to get into League of Legends, I could I could spend. Let's say forty dollars after I've you know, and I picked out a few characters like, and now I have a a handful of characters I enjoy playing as. I've invested less than I would have to pay for a triple A title, you know, on a disc at a store, and I'm gonna have endless hours of gameplay. Yeah, exactly, and, or you could go the model of. I like this game, uh, okay, I found the one character, like, I've spent $8 now, and I have endless hours of gameplay. That's the difference between buying a $60 game and then being expected to pay another $40, $50 to make it over $100, or get it, being given a free game that is proven that you can invest as little as you want.
0: Also keep in mind that with Riot, you can you get those free champion rotations so you could find the characters you enjoy playing. And essentially if you just grind out the playing of the free champions till you earn enough in game currency, then you could buy the characters that you really liked, technically never having to spend a dime well, on that's, League of Legends. That's what
1: I was saying is that League of Legends lets you purchase you know, there's some things that they want real money for, okay? Like skins. Mm-hmm. But characters, you technically can earn every single character in the game by simply playing the game. And we've seen that even in Street Fighter V, which is a game that we like to beat up on. We've seen it where, yeah, you can buy those characters, but you can also earn them by just playing the game. Now if we go over we go over and it's like, hey, this gun that's ex- that you can buy is going to give you a fake advantage, and you have to buy it. And it's just like this, this game where there's mods, you can you if you pay us money, you can get you can get you can level your mods up faster so you can hold more mods. It's like when you build a microtransaction that speeds the game up, that speeds up, the speeds a progress bar up versus a standard player over here, of course that player A is gonna feel stronger. They're gonna feel more powerful because they paid the fifty extra dollars and they and they're ahead of everybody. But you've also hurt the game for this guy over here that goes, my God, this game's only been out for two days. How does that guy have every mod that exists already? <laughs> it's just that you create this uneven battlefield, and, and, and then you wonder why your game starts, because guess what? The guy that raced to, the to get all that stuff, he doesn't play as long because he gets bored. And then the guy that didn't pay all the money, quits early because he's frustrated. It's a double-edged yeah. sword where you're hurting yourself and yeah, you know what? You made a quick buck. That's the thing. They make the quick money and they, so they accept it and then they, and then they live on the fact that they're like, well when DLC drops, when the new characters come out, when the new story missions hit, people will come back and that's what's disgusting yeah. to me is that they know they're, they're creating a toxic community and then they're just hoping that when they drop new maps and new worlds and new this, people will, will come back anyways. Because in all honesty, this is what I look at it. Hi Mac Division, and I own you. You bought Destiny. I own you. When the DLC comes, you gave me $99, so you already have the season pass. So when trials or when um, the DLC hits in December, you'll come back. I'll see you log back on. When the Taken King comes out, you'll come back. Don't worry, because I own you. That's mm-hmm. basically the message that I get from these greedy-ass companies. That's why I didn't buy the... No, <laughs> no, I, no, know, no. I know. I I was like,
2: I was really skeptical with Destiny 2. It was like, I'm just going to buy the base edition, and I'm not sure I'm going to invest in the DLC. I was cautious um, for the reasons that they're proving.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, it's false advertising, too, for me. It like, is. It's, it's like... It's like you see uh, an ad for the perfect baseball bat. You can hit every baseball with this baseball bat. And it's this ad where this guy's swinging and you just see him hitting this fastball pitch and it's going into the crowd and he's hitting a home run with every pitch, right? And it's like, guaranteed to hit every ball. And then they sh- you buy the bat and they ship it to you and there's a fucking T in there with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that way they're like, well, yeah, you put the ball in the T, and then you just swing the bat and hit it. Like yeah. <laughs> that's right, not exactly. what,
1: that's not what this was supposed to be. And and you know and the other problem with microtransactions that other you know the other countries are are starting to explore is the fact that this can be considered a form of gambling, online gambling. Mm-hmm. So. You got these. You do have some of these com- these companies that are creating these loot boxes that are random pulls that are you know like, hey, it's the Halloween event. Make sure you buy your loot boxes so that you can get your skins. And then someone pays twenty dollars and they get ten loot boxes and they get zero skins. Oh well, you had a chance to get Halloween skins. And it's like so. Now you have places in the UK and, and overseas that uh, have these stricter rules around online game uh, gambling, and they're actually starting to come after these companies because these companies are preying on the younger crowd. Okay, we could. I could sit here as a thirty-four year old and, and sit there and say, "Yeah, I buy some loot boxes here and there. I buy, I buy skins and stuff like that, and I buy some random boxes sometimes," but. I also, you know, buy them with my, you know, my bills get paid. I am responsible with my money. And when I go put $20 into Overwatch, which I haven't done in a long-ass time, but when I did... And, and it comes out just complete garbage, I'm deflated, and I can only imagine what somebody younger that's, like, you know, working one of their first jobs and don't have a lot of money, and they go and they love their game, so they want to try to have that special skin to them, and they can't even get it. Like, that's just crushing. And like and what you're teaching people in, in the sense of gambling for, for, younger, for the younger crowd, all the way down to kids that are asking their parents for money, you know? Or taking it, or or it's even ta- worse. yeah, or taking it. This is this is it's a bad habit that 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 these companies are encouraging. It's a bad habit these companies are encouraging, and I hope they shut it down in some places. I know China is looking into it. I know UK is looking into it. And you know, it, I don't I don't know what rules, what laws we even have necessarily here uh, to protect us. But it's ridiculous. And if if it takes. If it takes lawyers stepping in and saying, "Hey, look, how is this any different than gambling online? Uh, we need to stop this." I- at least, at least somebody is trying to protect the integrity of the gaming industry, in my opinion. And that's it. That's what I got. <sighs> I'm tired.
2: <laughs> that was actually kind of a marathon. Yeah, that was a.
0: Uh... It's just out of control. The microtransactions in the gaming world is out of control.
1: It's it's a, it's. It's at an all-time high, and honestly, it's getting pretty ugly. Let us, uh, we want to know what you think, though. You know, Are you a huge fan of microtransactions? If, if, if games didn't have microtransactions, would you be upset? Maybe we're way off base and the younger crowd loves it. I don't know, but you can have your voice heard in our Discord. So head on over to MotorCityGaming.com. Use the Discord. It is free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day about everything, including the lovely microtransaction.
2: Can I can I cap my thoughts today yeah, by absolutely. saying that in my opinion microtransactions are one of the reasons why independent games get more and more appealing to me personally because you know, I guess I'd rather play a Metroidvania game or a side-scrolling shooter or something that's just a simple, fun game that I'm going to pay $15 for and I'm not going to get nickel and dime for later. I'm not going to get frustrated about the lack of, you know, support year-long support or whatever it's going to be. It it makes a simpler game or a game put together, you know, made by a gamer for gamers more appealing to me.
1: Yeah, you buy a game like so right now the game I am playing the most out of every game that I have is Tiny Barbarian DX, a little 8-bit game that's on my Nintendo Switch. It's 30 bucks for physical edition, and it's just a game. It's five worlds, you know, and I, I agree 100% with you, Dad. It's, I, I bought this game, and I know I have the, I have its, the entirety of what it is in my hands. If I beat it, I beat it. If I don't and I and I move on to something, I move on to something else. But there's no there's no Oh man, I want that extra skin I can get if I do this, or I want to, you know, sign online and do this and do this uh particular mode, but I don't have the season pass, or I want like I don't have to worry about all that stuff. I just play the game, it's fun, and I'm done with it. And like that, that's why I like games like it's why I do like to see these single player adventure games like uh, um Horizon Zero Dawn. Like uh, you know, A God of War or uh, Bloodborne or something like that. And and yes, some of those games have had DLC, okay? And I'm not against DLC in the sense of like you got a story and then almost 10 months later, we're going to give you some extra story content that's going to build off of what you've already enjoyed. We, we've, en- we've enjoyed uh, Breath of the Wild and we're excited for the DLC that's coming.
2: Yeah, you know, you can put literally... Well, uh, almost 200 hours into the Breath of the Wild as it exists now. Yeah, if you want to give us DLC for it and we're going to pay 20 bucks for the DLC, fine, because there was plenty of game there for the $60 price tag. No one's going to debate that.
1: Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of different business models. I mean, another one that's not super talked about, but it is very, it is pretty common, is the episode, uh, episodic um, video games, you know? So now you're getting into like a telltale game yeah. where it's like you pay money and then it releases in five chapters. So it's like five mini games, right? Or, but, but, you, but even then it's like 20 bucks and I get chapter one and two, three, four, five. It's just, I have to wait for them, right. right? And so like there's different business models out there where it's like if I don't pay the 20 bucks, I'm going to pay $6 per chapter. You know, and some people do that i don't know why but like you know like when you look at all the different business models if 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 the problem comes down if a, if a company if a publisher or a company was big enough to stand out and be public and say listen what it costs us to develop witcher 3 what it costs us to develop the next overwatch if we sell this game at $60 it, it, it we can't survive Here's why. And they, sh- and they literally break it down. Like, and no one will do that because no one wants to show their, their business hand like that. But like, we've been asked before that if a game was offered to you at $100 or $50, but at the $100, if games were all $100, but you know you were getting a full game versus, versus the current business model where you get a $50 game. And then over the next eight months, they nickel and dime you for all these things. What option would you pick? And it's like, so, you know, I think the business is scared, or sorry, the industry is scared to sit there and say, hey, games need to move to $80 a piece. And they should be because guess what? Some people will say, I can't spend $80 on a video game continuously throughout every year. Just can't do it. I might turn into the one to two video game purchase per year. But at the same time, people also are starting to look at this like $60 price tag and they are starting to catch on with the idea that guess what? It's not a $60 game. I'm going to pay $60 and then I'm going to have to end up paying more money later. I think the thing that scares me the most about this is we've been reading a lot of
0: articles as well about how a lot of these developers and publishing companies are saying multiplayer is the future of gaming and we're going to you know, cancel projects even and and start up new projects because they want the multiplayer experience to give you that lengthy overtime experience and give you more of, of the game they're making. So it scares me a little bit in the fact that a lot of these, <laughs> these people in the gaming industry are moving in that direction, which I'm okay with because I enjoy gaming with my friends. But if I'm looking over th- this year in gaming... The games that i can say that I've thoroughly enjoyed and like put a lot of time into are these single player games like Horizon Zero Dawn. I I've actually played Zelda and I'm not a huge Zelda fan I played some Zelda. Uh Golf Story, uh
1: Hellblade, like, Shovel Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight. We're yeah. all excited for Mario.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like I'm into all these games. And then have I have I played with my friends all the multiplayer games? Yes, but at the same time, I can also tell you that there's at least a sour taste in my mouth for every single one of them. Every single Overwatch. one? Overwatch. Have Splatoon a sour taste 2. in my mouth. Splatoon 2 was a disaster. Destiny 2 was fun until it got to that point no of en- the no grind and no end game. Like for me, yeah, it's just all of those multiplayer games that I enjoy because I get to play with my friends. I don't enjoy for the game I enjoy because I get to talk to my friends yeah and guess what I show up in the studio twice a week and get to talk to my friends so I don't need to do it in the game anymore
1: yeah plus like we can get into a chat and talk while we play different games too you know that's the thing yeah. and uh, you know these these multiplayer competitive games are I think they're yes, they're popular. They're not going anywhere, but I think this I think the market's flooded. I think it's very saturated and it's very shaky right now in the sense that like there's just more of them coming out over and over and over again. And I think, you know, something I look for now is like I want the single player. I want the campaign. And then if you really want to put the cherry on top, I want co op campaign. I want a story that I can play through with my friend. That is all I care about. You know, if there's a PvP mode included in that, okay, we probably mess around with it. But it's not my priority anymore because I'm just burnt out. I love Overwatch. I can't. I don't even remember the last time I played Overwatch. It's just, it's too much. Like Battlefront 2, I want to play the campaign. I'm not really interested in the multiplayer. I'm I'm more interested in getting ready to put a ton of time into Mario and then talk to my friends about Mario, like we did with Zelda. But all right, let us know your thoughts in the Discord. MotorCityGaming.com. Discord is free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. Jazzy, let these fine people know why this show even
0: exists. Well, because it's brought to our to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com/slash gameslow podcast. Start your patronage today. Where when you do, we
1: thank you. And we give you perks, and
0: don't microtransaction you.
1: That's true. Also, um, I think w- it's I think we have to give the pink elephant back because I didn't pay Activision enough extra money for him to stay any longer. No
0: returns. No. Yeah. Nope. I'm your problem now. He actually is on like a, a trial period. So it's oh. kind of like uh, the loot system in League where okay. you can activate it for like a seven-day trial God. and then it goes back and then you have to purchase it.
1: All right. Well, you take him home with you. Uh, he's not staying here. Definitely not going to happen. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in to GameZilla Alpha. Make sure to listen to all the great shows coming here from Motor City Gaming like GameZilla Podcast every Monday night on Twitch.tv slash GameZilla Podcast or... A streaming website. Or every Thursday The Legend of Retro And these are all available for audio listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, and, of course, MotorCityGaming.com.
0: And if you missed Legend of Retro this week, listen to it. It's so good. It might be, I'm just going to tell you, it's about Guitar Hero. (laughs) And Xander is a god at this game. So he is like cloud nine talking about this video game. Not the eSports team. Not the eSports team, which did make it into the
1: NELCS, unlike the Immortals. I don't even know what the Immortals are anymore. Cloud <laughs> no, <baby! laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We'll see you next week, and until then, game, game on! on.